This is the Cascadia Podcasters Podcast, and I'm Jason Rigdon. On today's episode, we have James Pratt of Silent Superheroes. How are you today? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to come here and talk with us. Could you tell us just a little bit about your show? Absolutely. Uh, Silent Superheroes is a podcast that tells the stories of people who work with a mental illness. And you know the intention of that is to destigmatize mental illness and also help people understand that uh, the people that they work with every day, there's a high probability, you know, a non-trivial number of them have a mental illness that they're managing. And how long have you been doing this show? Um, I launched it last November, I think November 27th-ish, uh, it's 2018. And I'd probably been preparing for it since the the summer. I think I recorded my first episode in, in July 2018, give or take. And how many episodes have you done so far? I have published 11. My 12th is coming out next week. And I've recorded, I think, 18 or 19 now. And so what made you decide to, to use like a podcast for this? Maybe you could do this maybe through like a blog or on YouTube. But what was special about podcasting? That is a great question. Um, I think telling a story is a very oral thing, it's sort of deep in the human psyche to kind of tell stories to one another. You know, I always think about like going back to the, you know, to the campfire, you know, in our, in our primitive form. And so I think there's just something very human and evocative about hearing somebody tell a story. And I'm going to guess that you're asking people to really talk about very vulnerable things and maybe putting a camera on that might be adding a little bit too much to it. Yeah, I actually have a, one of my guests, um, a guy called um, Reed Tretlin, has a YouTube channel where he interviews particularly men about mental health and mental illness. Um, and so, you know, evidently people are willing to be uh, on camera, but audio is a medium that, that I like a lot. I think podcasting is a great way to get, um, you know, sort of get content out there to reach people in a way that's convenient for them because you can listen to a podcast if you're driving, right? But you probably shouldn't be watching YouTube while driving. Yes. Yeah. I think I've seen that a few times. It is very scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah, it is. You do build this very personal relationship with the listener, especially with this kind of stuff, like it's stuff that they might not, earbuds might help them. So it feels more private. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. So what motivated you to actually start this show? Well, I guess there's a, a short and a long version of this story. So I'll try and, I'll try and tend towards the short. Um, so, I mean, the, the first uh, part of the story is um, I have type 2 bipolar. Um, so bipolar is a mood disorder where um, my mood can go from, um, you know, very, very serious clinical depression uh, through to a, a state of uh, what's called hypomania, which is a you know, very high energy state with uh, you know, lots of focus and creativity and good ideas and, you know, willing to be, you know, take more risks and things like that. And so I've had this kind of personal experience of living with bipolar um, for probably a large part of my life, although I was only diagnosed in 2014. Um, and I kind of quietly worked with that for a long time, never really talked about it with anybody. And I was doing a, uh, a coach. Um, I was learning to be a professional coach and I was doing some peer coaching with somebody in my class and she worked in HR and uh, I was talking about how, you know, I was coming out of a you know, period of uh, hypomania and I could feel myself slipping in depression. I'm like, I'm exhausted. And it's just like going between these two states all the time is such hard work. And she's like, wow, 
I'd never heard anybody talk about that before. Like I, I didn't really know anything about depression or, or bipolar or like, you know, what that's like to live with it. And I thought you work in HR in employee relations, which is like the part of HR where you work with employees. And I thought, God, you like, you know, nothing at all. And like, you know, I'm not judging her, but I suddenly realized like there's just nobody talking about mental health at work specifically. And so that was the, and that was where the um, the seed got sown, and then um, uh, 2017 uh, Thanksgiving, a, a very close friend of mine um, died by suicide, and um, I went to her memorial service, and essentially the whole memorial service went by without anybody mentioning mental illness or the depression she lived with, and I, you know if I can be really blunt, I was like, this is just bullshit that we're not having a conversation about a topic that is so important and affects so many people. One in four people in any given year will have um, some kind of problem with their mental health. Um, you know, it could be, um, you know, could be diagnosed by a, you know, by a psychiatrist or another mental health um, professional. And it's so common. I just thought it's so strange that we're not talking about it. And so I decided to start the podcast as my, you know, my way of contributing to this conversation and kind of getting, getting some of these stories um, out there. And had you done any podcasting before this one? I had done no podcasting at all. So what were some of the biggest challenges of producing this show? I'm lucky in that I, um, I don't have any fear of like performance or being uh, recorded. I've done all sorts of kind of stuff through my career where I've been on videos and you know, interviewed for things and interviewed people. So that wasn't really too much of a problem. I'm also, uh, because of the professional coaching, I'm very good at asking people questions. So like that part of it didn't seem like it would be too much of a problem. I'm also good at getting people to like open up you know, in a conversation and just be kind of authentic and talk about personal stuff. Um, so that felt like it would be, you know, that would be fine. I think one of the hard one of the pieces I feared was getting people who were willing to have the conversation because it's a very private topic, right? And so I was kind of like, like, will I do one episode and then like I'll never find anybody else to to talk about it again? That was a fear. And then I think on the technical side, you know, I'm a reasonably technical person. I've done video editing and things in the past, not at a you know high level, but um, it was just kind of learning the mechanics of recording and then you know editing and i think honestly it it's after i started i really learned a lot about you know recording an episode and how to record it in a way that makes it easy to you know to edit and easy to work with was there any difficulty in you know you yourself like taking to the mic and talking about this stuff it seems like you said very private it's a great question i I had been increasingly out um, over the years prior, just telling more and more people. And I just kind of had a moment of, fuck it, I'm just, is this an explicit podcast? Oh, yeah, you can say whatever you want. Oh, good. All right, great. <laughs> as long as you're okay with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I had this moment of, fuck it, I just have to talk about this stuff. And if I talk about it, it makes it easier for other people to talk about it. And so I just decided that, Now's the time. So then what have been the biggest rewards of doing this show? I think every individual that I talk to, um, almost always at the end of the conversation, they say, wow, it was just so good to talk about that. 
because I never get to talk about it um, and I never talk about it with other people. So I think just kind of one-on-one, um, one-on-one that that is hugely rewarding. I think, you know, just the kind of, I now get invited to speak on behalf of the mental health community um, for events. I was at an HR event recently and I was invited to be on the panel there. Um, you know, so I get kind of to go out into the real world and have these conversations as well. And so that was kind of an unexpected um, privilege that came out of doing this. Yeah, it's amazing the number of doors that podcasting can open up, you know, especially when you're talking about a very important topic. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's kind of funny, you know, how quickly people think of me as an expert in this field. And it's like, I've got my personal experiences and I've spoken to like 20 people about it. But then I guess it's a topic where so few people are talking about it that maybe that does make me an expert. I don't know. Right. And so where do you host your uh, podcast uh, episode files? Uh, I host them on Blueberry. Um, so I just got one of their reasonably inexpensive, um, inexpensive accounts. And how have you liked them so far? Um, it's been fine. Um, I think one of the reasons I chose them was because they uh, have the PowerPress WordPress plugin and my website is, is built in WordPress. And so it seemed like their integration was, um, was really good. Their plugin in WordPress seems, I don't, I don't want to say necessarily complicated, but there's just a lot of stuff in it. And so you don't seem to need to tweak and change too many settings, but there are so many settings that kind of I feared for a while, like, is there a button I'm not pushing that I should or a field I'm not filling in or something like that. But I pretty much, I feel like I've got the, I got the hang of it. And uh, what kind of microphone do you use? I use a, a Samsung Q2U uh, microphone, and I also have a, a Blue Yeti that is very popular that um, somebody gave me, bless them. And uh, I've been experimenting with that, but I think I prefer the sound quality of the um, Samsung Q2U. And when you're doing your interviews with the guests, are they um, face-to-face or are you doing them remotely? As much as I can, I do them face-to-face, um, but obviously... Um, there are lots of people that I encounter that I uh, don't ha- don't get to do face to face, and so I right now use Zoom, um, the meeting platform, um, which is nice because you can kind of see the person as you're um, as you're recording. Uh, the downside of it is that the um, the frequency of the recordings is a little lower than um, you know kind of typical quality. I think it's like thirty two kilohertz versus forty four. And then when you're doing the face to face interviews, how are you recording those? Um, so I'm actually in the process of changing. And so, um, I have been using a, uh, Behringer, uh, was it Euphoria UMC, uh, I don't know, 404 HD, which is a, um, you know, like a, a USB, um, uh, mixer interface, um, which is nice. It's got four, you know, four ports. So if ever I uh, were to have a lot of people on the podcast, that would be, um, that would be cool. Um, it's very reasonably inexpensive. I want to say it was like a hundred bucks or something like that. My issue with it has been that it seems to pick up a lot of noise. Um, and I, evidently I live in a house that has a ridiculous amount of just ambient EM noise. Like even if I, I've, I've literally at one point, I went to the breakers in the garage. I switched off everything like in the house 
and there's still EM noise. So it's like, okay, clearly my house is just, I don't know, you know, must be have a hidden power station next door or something. I don't know. But um, so I found the, the Behringer picked up um, quite a bit of noise. And so I actually just bought a, um, a Zoom recorder, the, I think it's the H6. Uh, and I did that in part because I'm going to do a live version of the podcast soon. And so I bought, I bought it for that so that um, I could do a test event. I actually did a test event uh, recently as well. Um, just to see how well that worked. And so, of course, I can now just use that to record, you know, in the house and the, the EM pickup seems to be a lot better. I mean, it's, you know, but it's like three times as expensive. I think it's like 300 bucks, not not 100 bucks. And then what do you use to uh, edit your episodes? I use Audacity um, because it's free. And I think, you know, when you start podcasting, you're not sure if you're going to like it, if you're going to keep doing it. Not spending money is probably a good idea. Um, you know, Audacity works pretty well with the with the Behringer, you know, over over USB. Um, I found that it has a few uh, quirks. Um, one, in fact, that caused me to um, lose some parts of a recording. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, fortunately, it was a very long recording it was a three hour conversation and i always try and edit down to about 45 minutes and so i had plenty of content to work with um you know i might have missed something that was that was really cool but at least i could make an episode out of it but if you don't have um like a good quality usb cable i think that can trip up um audacity i found that audacity if you switch to like you know a browser like chrome that can really affect its ability to um uh, you know, to record and get enough um, bandwidth on the recording. And I've also found that if you let uh, your laptop, I use a Mac, if you let it go to sleep and Audacity is running, I've had it a couple of times sort of slightly corrupt a recording, like just drop drop some data. So my advice is if you're going to use Audacity, as soon as you're done with something, hit the save button, close Audacity down, and then since I started doing that, I've had no problems at all. And obviously when I'm recording, I just make sure I have nothing else running on the you know laptop at the same time. Yeah, there's nothing else like worse than losing those recordings. Is that like how long you usually do? Like three hours and you shrink it down to like 45? Uh, I don't think my guest would um, object to me pointing out that um, that was an interview with somebody with ADHD. Um, so it's, you know, attention deficit, uh, hyperactivity disorder. And so our conversation kind of jumped around all over the place a little bit. And so, um, it just kind of took a while to kind of bring all the threads, um, threads of the conversation back, um, back together typically. Um, and this is one of the things I've learned. I set two hours aside for the conversation, um, you know, because as you know, you know, there are flubs and you end up going down these kind of blind alleyways that, you know, have no, have no value. Um, and then, um, so I set aside two hours and I used to always hit two hours. As I've done it more, I've got better at, you know, not asking questions out of my own personal blind curiosity. Um, you know, and I've learned where not to go really deep. And where to let like a, a more surface answer, surface answer go. And so I've had a few recently where we've recorded for about an, an hour, and then editing an hour down to forty five minutes is a 
breeze compared to editing three hours down to 45 minutes. So how long does that post-production usually take you? This is another area where I've, where I've learned over time. So um, I used to do all the editing myself, and I found that I would spend a lot of time editing out silence and ums and errs and stuff like that. And then in the edit workflow, like I'd, I'd like half be concentrating on the story and then half concentrating on edit, editing out all the ums and the ers. So it felt like it was taking me like, I, I never timed it, but like 20 hours or something of, of editing, especially for some of those ones that are just absolute monsters. And so what I now do is I, um, I send the initial recording off um, to a, an audio editor to do a, a deep clean. So I use um, a site called Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. So it's kind of a gig working site. And so there's this guy I've been working with for a while in Croatia. I send it off to him and he does all the kind of cleaning of the audio. So he takes out the arms and the R's and the spaces. Now, it costs a little bit of money to do it. But you know, for me, I've got kids, I've got a family, I've got like my coaching job, I've got my full-time job. And it's like, you know, I want to focus on the telling the story, right? And getting the stories out there. I don't need to spend time doing that kind of that kind of editing. So that's made it a lot easier and frankly just a lot more fun for me. And so is that person just kind of like cleaning it up or are they doing any actual like edits? They I mean they they're they're cleaning it up. They will cut out um if there's like a you know if there's an obvious side conversation or like someone goes off to the bathroom or something like that. You know, they'll take that stuff out. But then I'll do from there, I'll do all the editing. So I'll figure out what the content we want to kind of keep and throw away is. So you still have creative control. Uh, Yeah. And that's super important for me. You know, this is all about stories and I want to tell the stories. And so like I have, I've held on to that, that control. So how do you prepare for your episodes and your guests? (laughs) I don't. Um, So I, I, I know I usually know why someone's coming on like we've talked about like hey you know I have you know uh, borderline personality disorder so I know what this what they're going to talk about I send them a list of you know here's some questions that I might ask during the course of the during the course of the discussion um but I don't do anything and I think part of the reason for that is that um one with the coaching I'm very used to like really being with somebody in the moment and kind of, I don't fear whether, you know, a question will come, right. You know, the questions always come because I've just, you know, I've done like, you know, hundreds of hours of coaching. And so I'm just very used to that. Um, And then also I want to be able to experience it like a listener will experience it like for the first time. Um, And so that's why I don't do any meaningful, meaningful prep. So then the guest kind of guides you along. Yeah, there's a, I mean, I know what the story structure is. Like it's a, it's a three act thing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of person's background and how they came to find that they had a mental illness. Act two is kind of their journey to learn how to manage it and live with it. And then act three is their work, um, their experience at work and ways that work could be, you know, better evolved to, to support them in some way. And so I know what the broad structure is. Um, and so it's then just about, you know, asking questions within that structure. Yeah. Just kind of winding your way through the kind of these almost like checkpoints, maybe. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. 
And so how do you find your guests? It's the one thing, as I said, I feared that I wouldn't find people. And I've really been surprised by how many people have willingly come forward. Um, my very first guest, um, my uh, wife walks uh, the dog of my first guest. And she had mentioned like, oh, my husband's you know starting up this podcast. And then it turned out this woman was uh, bipolar. And she's like, I will, I'll do it. I'll come on the, on the podcast. You know, second guest was like a friend, somebody I'd known for years. He was the person who really helped me understand what depression was. Um, and then from there, what's happened is as people I know have, um, you know, have heard the podcast, have heard that I'm doing it, they've connect, connected me up with, um, they've connected me up with other people that they know who may, you know, have a mental illness or like work in that space. And so it's been surprisingly easy. Um, one of my guests, I I mentioned a panel that I did uh, at an HR conference, and she came up to me afterwards, and she's like, "You know, I have this mental illness, and you know, can I get on the podcast?" And we literally recorded an episode later that later that day. Um, so it, it's, I guess, in summary, it's been word of mouth, and I talk about the podcast a lot. Like sometimes I feel like I'm just. You know, I'm a broken record. Like I'm just <laughs> constantly like, "Hey, I'm James. I do a podcast. Not quite that bad, but you know." Um, and so that's a lot of people come out of the woodwork. You know, that way because I'm just willing to to talk about it a lot. Do you have any advice for doing interviews like these that are kind of you know private or very sensitive subjects? You know, you need a lot of empathy to do this. Yeah, it's that's a really good question. I mean, I think listen. Um, I think with anyone who's talking about something that's personal and private, giving them the space to to talk is so important. Um, you know, if they're sharing something personal, you don't need to fix it or try and change it. You know, just acknowledging it, I think, is really is really important. I also think you'll know. If you're the kind of person who, for no obvious reason, like strangers tell you their life story, there's something about you that that like people respond to, and so I think if you're the kind of person who you know, you know, is the kind of agony aunt for all your friends, you're probably going to be good at doing something, you know, a podcast, you know, on a sensitive topic. If you feel personally really awkward if people talk about personal stuff i would find a different podcast to do <laughs> and do you send your like when you're done with the recording and the the editing and everything do you send the uh, finished file to your guests before you publish it yeah i do um i as i get more efficient i'm able to send it to them earlier so like for example i have an episode going out next tuesday and uh, today's Thursday, I sent the person the episode this Tuesday. So they get like a week to listen to it. Um, and I, I don't do it because um, I, I'm kind of giving them any kind of editorial, you know, options. Although if they come back and say, oh my God, like I, I'd be mortified <laughs> if that was out there. I've, of course, you know, I, I would do that. But it's more as a courtesy so they know, you know, what's going to be out there from the recording. Um and usually the first version I sent doesn't have my voiceovers. So it's just kind of the music and, you know, the conversation. 
And then usually the voiceovers get done a little later. And so I try and send a, send a final MP3 over to them with the, you know, with the whole voiceover um, in it as well. And do you think, does that help at all? Do you tell them beforehand that, you know, you'll be able to hear the finished product before the general public does? I, I would say I'm inconsistent about doing that. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, I try to, and of course, you know, some people ask because they, they want to know. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's courtesy, especially with a topic mm-hmm. like this to, to let yeah. someone hear what's, what's going to be out there. Yeah. I built like a, I think it built a certain amount of trust. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I never want somebody to feel like this is some kind of sensational hatchet job that I'm doing on their yeah. life. Right. I mean, you know, uh, I, th- I think the hardest one I've had, um, so far was with a, um, a woman who has anxiety and PTSD as a result of being raped when she was, I think, 15. Um, and that was one I did not, you know, I did not want to kind of get wrong. I didn't want to kind of, you know, in any way make it kind of uh, it's like kind of offensive or, you know, bluntly kind of as a man in particular, like to say the wrong thing. Because it's an experience that you know m- men are extremely unlikely, um, you know, to have. But she was um, uh, very happy with what happened, and you know, she shared it with a whole bunch of people in her circles, which was great. But certainly, that was the one I, you know, was the toughest so far. Do you have any advice for folks that you know are thinking about maybe starting a show, or maybe they've, you know, their show's brand new? <laughs> one piece of advice. A simple thing is learn to silently uh, listen to people. So, you know, Jason is doing a great job. Like he's not saying, uh-huh, 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 mm, mm, yeah, yeah. And the first few podcasts I did, there were parts that were painful to listen to because, you know, I naturally do what you do in conversation, which is just to, you know, let people know you're listening, but it really sounds sounds really bad. Um, I think a lot of people say like, Oh, come up with the idea for your podcast and then kind of just do it and see what happens and throw a bunch of you know episodes out there. And I get why people say that because you want to lower the barrier and you want to make sure that um, you're evolving over time so that you know your idea gets gets more crisp. But I also think it's kind of offensive to someone listening to your podcast, you know, not to you know, not to do some some sensible editing on it or to not, um, you know, to not really have an idea of what you're going to talk about. You know, it's like, hey, we're going to talk about podcasting microphones, but then like not have thought about what kind of things do we want to talk about? Um, so I would say, I guess, it, you know, that maybe wasn't clear, but like do have an idea, I think, of what the structure of your podcast, you know, is be really clear about what, you know, the topic you're trying to cover and what you're trying to get across is, and then be flexible to changing that over time. You know, if that particular model turns out not to work too well for you. You really need to kind of a plan and do your research. Like it sounds like when you started, you know, you had a plan and you knew the direction you wanted to go. Oh yeah. Very, you know, I was very clear, you know, about it. And there are, there are mental health podcasts out there although most of them focus on one particular condition. And there are no podcasts I could find that specifically focus on mental health um, at work. So I kind of found an area 
And then I had to think about, you know, okay, what do I want to do? Well, I'm a storyteller. I love hearing people's stories. I love telling people's stories. And so that was just a natural fit for me. Um, and the sort of podcast is, is very much an expression of who, of who I am. Yeah. And also it sounds like you really, I mean, you, you have a connection to these people when you're talking to them. I mean, just hearing you talk about your guests, um, that's another thing you really need that kind of the word is often overused, but that the passion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if it's not something you get excited about, it's unlikely that you're going to get other people excited. So like if, if you're doing your, if you're doing a podcast and intellectually it makes sense, you know, it's like intellectually, I know that there's a, no other podcasts out there that deal with mental health at work, but you don't care about mental health. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> It's going to show through. Absolutely. Yeah. And you care about podcasting, right? You know, you have this <laughs> podcast, you're getting podcasters to meet up, you know, like when you and I first met, it was on a panel about yep. podcasting <laughs> and like, clearly it's something you really care about. And so, you know, that's why this works. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange ob- obsession. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, nothing strange about it, my friend. <laughs> so how much time do you think you spend promoting your show? Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, one, I, I would say I don't know. I'm not convinced I'm very good at promoting my show. Um, I have a kind of list of things I try and do, um, a list of things I try and do for each episode. So, you know, I have a mailing list, make sure I get it out there. I have social media, make sure I get it out there. There are a number of mental health Facebook groups that, you know, I try and post on. Um, I post on some Reddit mental health groups, although not as consistently as I should. There are some, you know, like private HR mailing lists I'm on. So I try and kind of push out a message to that. So I don't know, all told maybe an hour or two per episode. And then I try and recycle through social media to resurface old episodes um, as well, right? So that they're constantly, um, you know, constantly hopefully being found by more people. And have you found that any channels are more effective than others? You know, I haven't really found a good way of tracking um, where listens are coming from at this point. Um, so I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I can tell you that, you know, most of my listens come through iTunes, but I don't know how people are finding me on on iTunes, right? Yeah, yeah. I always ask because, you know, as podcasters, you know, we hear a lot about you got to promote yourself more and more and more. But for a lot of us, you know, we're into the creative process and then the selling it is very challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I've been working with somebody recently, actually, who was introduced to me by a, uh, by one of my guests. Uh, and she has been doing a little, little bit of work helping me with the social media side of things. Um, and that has seemed to be helping again, because as you say, like, I, I'm not someone who, who is on social media all the time. Like, it's just not my jam. So having somebody in there who just kind of knows what to do and, you know, where to, you know, frequency that we should be putting posts out and things like that, it's just, that's been helping a little, you know, and I'm lucky enough to have a little bit of, you know, income that I can just kind of throw in that direction to do something that I don't want to do. I know that's not, you know, obviously necessarily true for, for everybody, but again, it's like you say, I can focus on the creative part and then just get a little help doing some of the stuff I'm not, I'm not so good at. And do you keep up much at all with like the podcast industry news at all? No, I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone says. Everyone <laughs> says this. I, 
I just talk to people who sometimes, you know, they, they do newsletters about podcasting yeah. and stuff, or, you know, they're, they do a podcast about po- podcasting. Um, and, you know, they think that every podcaster is really, really paying attention mm-hmm. to all of this stuff. And I'm like, no one I listen to is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so um, I think I learned from listening to podcasts. Like, I get kind of ideas yes. about, like, oh, I kind of like the way that was done or that was handled, or, you know, and I look at where, like, you know, how am I finding out about po- podcasts? Do you know what I mean? How are new ones getting surfaced to me? Um, so I kind of pay attention in that way, but yeah, not to the, you know, not to the industry trends and what people are talking about. Well, it's like, you know, with writing, you know, they say, you know, you need to read a bunch in order to become a good writer and podcasting is no different. Yeah. Yeah. So do you listen to that many podcasts yourself? I listen to some. Um, I do find that because, you know, when I'm editing an episode, I end up listening to my own episode <laughs> six times or something that's, you know, dampened my um, enthusiasm <laughs> for listening to other people's podcasts. But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a handful um, that, um, there's a handful that I, uh, that I enjoy and I try and listen to. And so how do you discover new shows? Um, usually it's a show by somebody that I, um, you know, like a, a kind of a celebrity or like a comedian that I like that I then find out has a podcast. Bizarrely, I found that since I started doing a podcast, when people know I do a podcast, they then recommend podcasts to me. That happened just this weekend. Somebody was like, oh, you'd love this. Like, what is it? It's a, I forget what it's called, but it's a podcast about, um, by two British guys. It's a comedy podcast and they read passages from, uh, the erotic novel that one of their dads wrote and then just like talk, oh, yeah. talk smack yeah. about it. <laughs> so, sounds great. I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> Well, how can people find your show? Uh, I think the easiest way is to go search for Silent Superheroes wherever you get podcasts, you know, iTunes, Spotify, um, you know, Google Podcasts, um, you know, most of the the big services. Um, if you can't find it there, go to silentsuperheroes.com. Well, thank you so much for your time today and coming on the show. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.